Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Bless them as well. We've been in a series called Faith and Family for the last uh, six or seven weeks, and today is the last day of that series. We've talked about communication. We talked, if you remember, we talked about quick, slow, slow, quick uh, to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Those are really important aspects of communication. We talked about marriage. Um, we talked about 60 years of life experience that I shared with you guys, and uh, that was a, a fun experience. We talked about money and the stewardship of money. We talked about discipling little humans, and uh, <clears throat> that was really important. A father's influence. I think we talked, we talked about moms, too, by the way. Uh, and, and celebrated moms and, and their influence in a family's life. And we, last week we talked about a father's influence. And today I want to talk about why do families need faith? Why do families need faith? What we need is faith-filled families. We need families that are, are full of this expression of trust and confidence in God. And I want to answer the question why that is necessary. And really here's the big statement that we're going to make today. And we'll, we'll come back to it later as well as start with it now. Is living faith in a family nearly guarantees, I won't, I won't say it always guarantees, but nearly guarantees that it will become generational. That from generation to generation, if we want to help the next generation, this generation must live in faith or have a living faith. And we'll talk about the difference between a dead faith and a living faith. Last week at the end of this uh, the, the message, I mentioned to men that we can either be uh, men that live with a dead faith or men that have a living faith. And we need men that live with a living faith, that have a living, expressive, real, authentic faith. And when we have that faith, it changes everything. And, and I felt like the Lord said, at that very moment, I felt like the Lord said, preach that next week. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm being obedient. I'm, I'm expressing faith that God has a plan to change our lives, to help our church, and to help the next generation and generations to follow experience a living faith. And we'll talk more about that. But here's the reality. Living faith in a family near, nearly guarantees that it will become generational. It will continue on throughout the next generations if we model it. Faith must be modeled. We have to make moments of faith. We have to live moments of faith in our families. And if we don't, then we will uh, not give the next generation a sense of God's ability to do great things. We must, um, faith must become a memory. Those moments have to turn into memories which we share over generations. It was reality when um, the people of Israel did not share what God did in bringing them out of Egypt. The next generation turned to evil. Which is exactly what's happening in our country today. God is being removed and that, at the result of God being removed from our, our culture and our community and the stories that God did to bring us to where we are today. Not in a perfect way, but in, in, in a God kind of way. Those stories are lost and now we have generations of people, of children, of adults that don't believe in God. And they're turning to the ways of the world because we aren't telling those stories. We haven't shared those memories. Or there are families that aren't experiencing faith. And so the kids grow up and they grow up in a context where they never see God become real to them. Because God was never really real to their parents. 
Faith must become a memory, and faith must become the mission. We must be all about sharing faith with our, 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 our children and our grandchildren. And when we do share that faith through experience, through expression, then the, our, our kids have the opportunity to see and understand. And we become, they become little missionaries of faith, going and living the same faith that we lived as parents or grandparents, and they go and share it with their kids, and the story goes on and on and on. When kids see Jesus is real, actually making a difference in life, they will continue the faith. They will carry the faith forward. Why do families need faith? Because if we don't experience faith, faith will stop. And generations to come will be faithless, much like what we're seeing in our nation today. Families need to experience the thrill of faith. We can either live the faith life or the safe life. The faith life or the safe life. So let me illustrate what the faith life looks like. Have you guys been to Magic Mountain? Okay, one person. Um, <clears throat> I think more of you have been to Magic Mountain than, uh, you know, th this is a church where you can respond. You can say, Amen. Preach it, Pastor. You just can't say, Stop that. <laughs> I can't say that. All right. Magic Mountain is a great place. I love roller coasters. I love the craziest roller coasters. Um, but there are different people that don't like the roller coasters. So I, I went on, uh, on, on the internet and I looked at what kind of names they're naming the roller coasters at Magic Mountain. One's called the Apocalypse. Crazanity is another one. Crazanity. It's a crazy roller coaster that has this circle and everybody sits in the circle and then it, the circle swings around and it's spinning at the same time. I love that kind of stuff. Um, one's called the Dive Devil. Uh, that one I wouldn't recommend, anything named the devil. But um, <clears throat> Full Throttle, Ninja, Scream, Tatsu. It's where you ride face down. I love it. I love it. You're going head first into things. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I love when that, your stomach comes up into your throat and you're like, Wah! and you're like, Wah! I'm going to die, you know, and then you live and it's really cool. That's faith. Now, other people like the other rides at Magic Mountain. I looked at the titles of these rides. They're called kids rides. There's Elmer's Weather Balloons. Woohoo. Grand American Carousel. You get to ride up and down and go around in circles. Woohoo! Magic Flyer. Pepe Le Pew's Tea Party. These are people that want to live the safe life. They want to live and just kind of go round in circle. Round in circle. You never lose your stomach. Your stomach stays right where it's at. It, it never gets exciting. There's no fear involved. There's not, you know, and, and, and by the way, when we talk, you know, you know, you can either have fear or faith. Well, if you're a faith-living person, you're in fear. <laughs> you, you can't live in faith and not have a level of some sort of fear. I get that you're supposed to trust. You have to trust God that he's going to catch you. But if, if I was up here and you were down there and you said you were going to catch me, there's a moment of fear that when I let go, there's a moment of fear going, are they going to really catch me or is this a big joke, right? 
There's, there's that reality of fear. But as soon as I start falling and you continually catch me, that fear slowly fades away. That's the kind of faith that we want to build in our church. That's the kind of faith we want to build in our lives. And in the context of this message, that's the kind of faith we want to build in our homes. But we need to build that kind of faith that's the Tatsu faith. It's like, whoa! You know, going crazy and you're white knuckling it. And many of you are going like, I don't enjoy that at all. But that's what faith is like because faith is going to a place and doing things that you have no power over. You just have to trust that what God said would happen will happen. And that you trust him for the result. The result is not up to you. This is the practice of preaching right now. Is that I have to understand that when I bring the word of God to you guys, and I preach the word of God, I, I promise you, I will never preach anything but the word of God. But it's that word of God that changes things, not Ricardo. It's not, that, it's not my convincing words. It's not the, the, the different way I communicate. It's the power of the Holy Spirit using the inspired word of God to penetrate our hearts that makes the change in our lives. <laughs> Thank you. And so when we talk in faith, we are doing things that we trust God to be the one who brings about the result. So the big question is this, what kind of life are we living? Are we living the faith life or the safe life? Can you remember the moment, the last moment when God showed up in your home? When you did something or asked him to do something and you acted upon in obedience to God and God showed up and Whatever you expected to happen, God showed up and did. Based on his word, based on his truth, based on his, his love of you and his desire to see his hand move in your life, in your family's life. Can you name that moment? Can you name that moment when God showed up because faith was living in your life? I think it's really powerful. It's a powerful reality. There's, in the book of James... Chapter 2, verse 14, James, the author of this book, talks about faith. And he says, he says this, he says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone, has, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So let's clarify one statement really quick. Can such faith save them? You cannot do anything to achieve salvation or earn it. Let's make that clear. So faith is believing in God that he did the work on the cross, and that's what saves you. The work he did, and you trust that work, that's what saves us. Okay, so when he says here, can such faith save them, what he's really saying is this, is can a saved person without deeds really be saved? And the, and the answer to that is no. 
The expectation of James is to say this, is that if you are saved, you've put your faith in Jesus, that he saved you, that he's forgiven you of your sin, that you have the promise of eternal life, and you're going to live forever. What comes out of that experience, that faith in Jesus, is now a new faith that expresses itself in deeds of love and trust in Jesus Christ. So out of your life, out of a saved life, comes deeds of faith. Does that make sense? Everybody following? Not really? Okay. Maybe we'll make it a little more clear as we go along. So this idea of faith is really powerful. The word faith simply means convinced of or have confidence in to, uh, of the, the object that you're placing faith in. So you all sat down. You didn't even think about it. You sat down in your chair having faith that that chair would hold you up. Okay, I saw you fall. I won't bring attention to it. But if you sat down wondering if that chair is going to hold you up, you may have gone down going, oh, 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 hold on. Let me push on it a little bit. Let me shake it a little bit. Let me figure out. Oh, wait, I need to figure out the design of the chair. It's kind of how we treat God sometimes. So I, I need to know everything about this chair before I put any faith in it. How did they design it? What are, what are the welds? Did they use wire feed welding or did they use stick welding? Did they, you know, we start asking questions about things and God's saying, I made the chair. Sit in it. And he wants us to just sit down and trust and have faith in the chair. And that's how we treat faith sometimes when God says, I want you to do this. We just have to trust that God knows what he's doing. We have to trust that God knows what he's doing. And he, he makes it very clear that uh, deeds meet needs. Deeds meet needs. Faith, real faith, the, the real Christian, the person who loves Jesus, has given themselves to Jesus, has now become an instrument of faith. We are people who are now about meeting the needs of others. He illustrates that by saying, if someone comes into the church and they're hungry and they make it known and we have the means to feed them, if we don't feed them, that's a meaningless faith. There's no actions that go along with the, with, the, with the claimed character of being like Jesus. And if there's no actions that go along with that faith, then the faith is dead. It's meaningless. It has no power. It doesn't make any difference. Faith is doing something for someone because the means of the supply is available to us. In other words, Jesus wants to work through us, but if we don't do the work, then he can't do the action. He can't come along and do the blessing. The obedience has to happen before the blessing follows. We kind of sit back and go, God, I just want you to bring the blessing. And that's cool if he does it, but he doesn't work that way. He works based on faith. And so if we exercise ourselves and do the very thing, you say, I'm, I'm praying, I, I know my, my, my family member could be saved. But we never share Jesus with them. How are they ever going to be saved? There's got to be an action tied to the, to, to the expression of faith. We kind of want God to move without us, but he wants to move with us. So faith without deeds is dead. Verse 18 says, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe and shudder. 
Here's how one author put it. He said simply this. He said, faith without works is belief. That's it. You believe, but you don't do anything. That's simple. Even the demons believe. Even demons, even the devil's side of the fence believe in God. They believe in his ability to do things, but they will never act on anything that he gives them direction to do because they only believe. They're not going to do anything to give God glory or to let God get the attention or to give God the opportunity to do God's thing. It doesn't do any good for you and me to just have in our heads that God is able to do bigger things than we can do. We have to act on it. We have to do something. And so we have to let our deeds, uh, our faith, <clears throat> express itself through the deeds. And if we don't, um, we will simply have a dead faith. Verse 20 says, you foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that, you see that a, a person is considered righteous by what they do, not by faith alone. So if Abraham said, uh, so God told Abraham, take your son up to the mountain and sacrifice your son on the altar. And if Abraham goes, okay, but didn't do it, there would be no faith involved. There would be, and, and by the way, that didn't make any sense. This was um, Abraham's beloved son, promised son, miracle son, and Abraham takes Isaac up to the, up to the mountain and he's getting ready to sacrifice uh, Isaac. And what does Abraham do? He raises the blade to kill his, own, his son. And God says right before he stabs uh, Isaac, God says, stop. Whew. And what happens is there's a goat in the back here in, caught in a thicket is what the Bible says. And that goat was God's provision for the actual sacrifice that was supposed to happen. But that goat, what Abraham would have never realized is God's provision had he not taken Isaac up to the mountain. Many of us are missing the blessing because we haven't acted in obedience to God. Many of our families are going to have kids that live out an empty faith. Why? Because we parents or grandparents have never gone to the mountain. We've never walked up the hill to obey God and put everything on the line and say, God, I trust you. I believe you. What really Abraham was believing is that God would somehow raise Isaac from the dead. He was so trusting of God. What kind of life are we living? Are we living a faith life or a safe life? Are we riding the kiddie rides and going around in circles and barely going up and down? Or are we going, ah, katsu, tatsu? Are we living that white knuckle life? And I believe that's where God wants us to live. He wants us to live in a place where God shows up. And he does his work, miracle work 
in power, he, he completes his, himself in us by seeing us obey. And then all of a sudden, he shows up. And we see God do something life-changing, life-moving, transforming. That's what God wants to do. But we're on the American carousel. And I get that people, you know, let's not, let's not take that illustration too far and say that American carousel is bad. I mean, if you like that, that's cool. But if you put that in the context of faith, it's not. We need to live in that place where we're trusting God to do something above and beyond ourselves, bigger than ourselves. We're trusting him to, to, to show up based on our obedience and what we know of his word, what we understand him to be telling us in our prayer times, as Leanna mentioned. We need to hear God's voice, and when we do, we need to do, go and do something. Otherwise, we just have a dead faith. Verse 25 says, In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Let's look at this in a different perspective. Faith with deeds is alive. Faith with deeds is alive. In just a few moments, I'm going to ask you to take a step. You're believing for something. You're hoping for something. You're praying for something. Maybe it's the salvation of a family member. Maybe it's provision for a need that you have. Maybe it's a miracle that you need for healing. Maybe it's something, uh, a broken heart, and you want that heart restored, and you want that healed. I'm going to ask you in just a few moments, I'm just giving, I'm letting you know what's going on. We're going to come up here at this altar and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for each and every one of you. We're just going to believe God to do something and this will be your first step. I'm not saying it's your only step because there may be, if you're praying for the salvation of a loved one, it's probably going to mean that you're being called to go be a witness. Somehow pray for that opportunity for the door to open so that you can share your faith with a loved one. But God's wanting to take us to that place where we're on, on the Tatsu, we're on the crazanity, we're on the apocalypse, we're not on the devil flying thing. We're doing something that just puts us in a place where we have to trust God and God alone. And the beauty of this is what happens is that when faith is real, when it's living, your family members, your pe the people around you are going to go, that's God. That's God. And when they see God, they want to carry it on. My, my family sees God in my life. I praise God for that. I take no credit for it because I've, made, uh, I've had some miserable failures in my life. But my children today love Jesus. Not because of anything I've done, but because of what he's done in my life. I take, I've made no heroic moments. I've had no heroic activities. I've just tried my best to follow God and give him the credit when it happens. And he's showed up so many times. And I praise God that my kids today and their husbands, Joshua and Caleb, can you believe that? Joshua and Caleb were the heroes of faith in the Old Testament. My sons-in-laws are called Joshua and Caleb. That's crazy. And I told them they better live up to their namesake. But they love Jesus too. And I praise God for that. And I praise God that we have a heritage of faith. And I pray today 
that our families will be faith-filled families, that we'll have families that have seen and know and understand that God is real, God is powerful, God can do above and beyond what we could ever ask or think. He's a miracle-working God, and we need to trust Him and put our faith in Him and act like that and live like that. And when we do, we will see great things happen. Let's come back to that previous slide. Living faith in a family nearly guarantees that it will become generational. Faith must be modeled, making moments. That means we, as the parents and the grandparents, live out our faith in front of our children. Faith must become a memory. It becomes a story that we tell. It becomes an activity at our dinner table. It becomes an activity at Thanksgiving and Christmas and other times during the year where we share our stories and of faith and how God showed up. And faith must become the mission. It's something that we do intentionally to plant faith into the lives of our children, making them missionaries. And when that happens, generation upon generation learns and loves the God who does miracles. And they act and they live that way. Let's prepare the next generation of faith by living the faith today. Do you have a living faith? Are you just on the carousel, just going around safe and sound, no risk, no challenge, no white knuckles? Are you on those crazy, crazy moments where God said, let's go do something and let's make a difference in this world. And you don't know how it's going to come about. You don't know what's going to happen. You're, you're climbing that mountain on that roller coaster. And you remember the feeling when you get to the top and you still really can't see what's going to come next. And then all of a sudden you're looking straight down. And you're going, oh no, what did I get myself into? Let me out of here. And you start going down and your stomach comes way up. And the G-forces are going, and your face is like, oh, excuse me. Oops. How to make a sound man mad. Your face is, you know, pressed back and all that kind of stuff. And now that I'm older, my loose skin even goes further back. It looks like wings. Craziness. That's what faith is like, but it's so fun. You hit the bottom of that thing and you go, okay, I'm going to live. And you hit the next turn and you go up that next hill and it just keeps going so good so good that's the kind of life jesus wants us to live today as these guys start to lead us in worship and as i start praying i want you to just stand with me and let's believe god to do something miraculous in your life i'm going to ask you to step forward and if you're not comfortable doing that that's okay you can stay in your seat and pray there but if you're comfortable Will you just begin to make your way forward and take a step of faith? By coming forward, you're saying, Jesus, I want you to move in my life. I want you to work a miracle. I want you to restore a hurt. I want you to heal a family. I want you to uh, heal my sickness. Whatever the case may be, whatever you're standing for. And I appreciate you guys coming already. It's amazing. Let's believe God together for miracles. There will be people that will join us in prayer and they'll be praying for you as well as, as myself. And these guys are going to lead us in worship. But we're going to believe today this message. We're going to believe these words. Not that we have a dead faith, but a living one. That God is active and living in our lives. And we will have stories to tell. We'll have faith to model. And we will make little missionaries of the people around us. And see God 
miraculously move. God, I believe that as people are walking forward right now, that you are taking us to another place. It's uncomfortable, it's scary, it's frightening, but Lord, we trust you because you are the almighty God, the one who could do above and beyond what we could ever ask or think or imagine. We don't have the capacity to understand how you're gonna heal, how you're gonna restore, how you're gonna provide, how you're gonna bring health or wholeness to a circumstance, how you're gonna bring that broken heart back together, or how you're gonna bring this broken relationship into health and wholeness. But God, today we stand here believing for a miracle for these families, for these individuals who are trusting and believing. I know that you're gonna do something significant this morning, and as we model our faith in front of others, you're gonna be revealed to their hearts. You're gonna be shown, and you will be a memory, and we will experience the joy of seeing people beyond us believe and more than believe, act on that belief that you are all-powerful God. I thank you and I praise you for that. Lord, increase our faith right now. Help us to go beyond belief to trusting so much so that we are willing to act on behalf of that belief. We thank you and praise you. Lord, I pray that you bless each person here. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.